On this week's Adam Schefter Podcast, we are joined by the Colts' 45-year-old kicker, Adam Vinatieri, who this year needs 58 points to become the NFL's all-time leading scorer, passing the Hall of Fame kicker Morton Anderson, who has scored 2,544 points and currently sits atop the NFL record book. Vinatieri will be the first player since John Carney to kick when he's 45 years old, and he also will kick in a season in which the Colts are expecting back Andrew Luck, and Vinatieri's got some thoughts there as well. Without further ado, the Colts' 45-year-old kicker, Adam Vinatieri. I want to go back to the summer of 1996. You're an undrafted free agent. You're in Patriots training camp. Did you have any idea at that point in time that you would be kicking 23 seasons and be on the verge of setting the all-time point-scoring record? Uh, no, I was I was hoping to, to get day-to-day and year-to-year, and hopefully I could steal a couple of years before uh, true life had to kick in. So uh, I was just happy to be in camp at that point. I've kind of always taken them one season at a time, and, and at no point did I ever think I was going to play two decades plus and, and uh, be, be in this league for as long as I have by any means. Absolutely not. What do you remember about that first summer, Adam? Well, it was a little stressful, you know, being an undrafted kid from South Dakota, you know, just trying to earn a spot on the team. I, I think there was the totem pole, and then I think I was probably under the ground, <laughs> underneath of the totem pole. So uh, I, I, I know I didn't really even have a name the first uh, month or two of camp. That's for sure. I was, hey, you, or hey, kicker, or whatever. But, but that was okay. You know, I, I was brought up in a, in a family of, tough guys that had thick skin and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, teasing and this and that so I don't think that stuff really bothered me too much I was just there to try to try to you know make a name for myself uh, get noticed I guess in a way and and uh, just kind of took it every day you know one day at a time and you know obviously kicking against Matt Barr I think they initially wanted me just to be the kickoff guy but um, I tried to compete against him and tried to do everything I could to show that I deserved to be in the league. And, and thank goodness, uh, you know, there's somebody there that thought I was good enough to give me a shot. What do you remember about getting the news that you had beaten out the veteran kicker, Matt Barr, to win a spot on an NFL roster? Well, at the time, you have to, when you walked into the old Foxborough Stadium, you had to walk right past Coach Marcel's office. And, uh, and his assistant called me, you know, hey, Adam, don't want to talk to you. Bill brought me into his office and he said, listen here, you didn't beat out Matt, you didn't this, you didn't do that. I, he said, I don't want to hear anything about, you know, how great you are and this and that. Just keep your mouth shut, go to work and uh, and do your job. And I, I guess I could read between the lines. There was no reading between the lines. It was very cut, straightforward to keep your mouth shut, just, just go to work, you know, that kind of thing. So, he was the first person to tell me. I think there was other guys on the team that knew once I got downstairs in the locker room, they were congratulating me and, hey, man, congratulations, that's awesome, you know, that kind of thing. But I didn't, honestly, I didn't really know what that even meant and, and didn't really realize moving forward. And, and, you know, in hindsight, looking at it too, you know, you think you made the team, but I've seen over the last 23 years, there's lots of things that can change every single day and, and how rosters are are formed, are reformed. So, knowing now, I'm glad I, I'm glad I was naive and didn't have any clue what it meant. Just kind of went to work. So, what is the key 
for anyone out there who wants to do it to be able to play 23 NFL seasons? <laughs> well, probably a whole lot of luck, one. <laughs> but number two, you really, I mean, the, I think that what I've noticed are the guys that play a long time are the, are the, the young guys that think older earlier. And, if, and I'll explain yeah. what I mean by that is, is when you're young and you're invincible and your body feels good, you still have to treat your body right. So when you get a little older, your body is still hanging in there. Well, I guess I, I met the right people uh, along the way that could help me stay physically fit. To, that I, I worked with stretch guys and I worked with um, a lot of soft tissue people. And, and, you know, I and a lot of a lot of guys do that toward the end of their career when they don't feel as as good anymore. And they go, oh, I got, I got to try to figure out how to steal a year or two. I guess I I tried to figure that out early and and I think it helped me out along the way you know knock on wood you know you can get injured from any crazy little things but I think that kept me healthier and 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 I think in the long run that helped extend my longevity by by staying healthier so I do all the little things I try to do all the little things right I should say you know eat healthy try to get plenty of rest and let your body recover. You know, now for me, recovery is probably as important as as trying to build strength as anything. You know, you, you can't can't do it day in and day out quite as much. So you work smarter, not harder. Do you have any desire to break the all-time longevity record in the NFL or do anything like that, Adam? You know, that's never been a never been a goal or a concern. I, I you know, everybody asks me how long you can go. Is this the dead you got? One, two, three, five more, you know, come on, play till you're 50. My, my answer uh, to you now is the same as I've told everybody else, probably the same as I tell everybody else moving forward. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this year. Hopefully, uh, there's some records to be broken. And, uh, at the end of the season, if, if I feel good at the end of the year and the season went well, I could potentially think about continuing playing. You know, I, I haven't said this is, this is it for sure. I haven't said that I'll keep going for sure. I think um, when this season's over, when I, you know, if I if I feel good and I'm still kicking well and I can contribute and help my team win games, I'd consider continuing playing, that's for sure. You bring up records. This year, you will need 58 points to become the NFL's all-time leading scorer, passing Morton Anderson, who's in the Hall of Fame, who scored 2,544 points. What would it mean to you to become the NFL's all-time leading scorer? Well, uh, it's pretty amazing, to be honest with you. It's, it's, really, it's really amazing to, to think that I've been able to play as long as I have and to be able to be on such great teams that have allowed me to score a lot of points year in and year out. Um, I remember when, you know, toward Morton's uh, end of his career, when he was, you know, 20-plus years in and, and I was, a, you know, not a rookie, but I was early in my career. And I just, I just remember thinking, man, 25 years? Are you kidding me? That's so long, you know. I thought, I thought there's no way, you know. You know, I figured a, a decade is is more than a, a, a normal career. And you know, as it as it's just kind of gone on, and years have kind of turned into decades. Um, now with it that close, I, I guess maybe a couple years ago, I thought, man, this maybe is in within striking distance. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can do her. So. You know, there's been so many great, great kickers along the way before me that, that I looked up to, more than obviously one of them, and Gary Anderson and, and 
Hansen and, and Jason Elam and Masto. I mean, there's so many great ones that, that are in that list that, that I really looked up to. And to be able to say that, uh, you know, I'm right there in the mix with them and, and maybe uh, hopefully, you know, we could point-wise at least could, could eclipse the top of the list, that would be amazing to me. I mean, that's, that's an incredible record when you think about it. Like, nobody who's ever played the game will have scored more points than you. Nobody. I mean, who would well, have thought playing, that? Somebody from Yankton, South Dakota. We're a little early on that. We'll talk about that <laughs> mid-season, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's I never thought I'd have played that long. Like I said, when, when, when I sat there and, and, and talked to Morton at, at the end, I was – I was at 1,500 points away, and I just sat there and was like, this record will never be touched, I don't think. But, you know, guys are guys are doing a good job and scoring more points, and teams are becoming even more prolific. And I think the league is becoming a little bit more offensive-minded. I think the league is trying to see higher-scoring games because I think fans and everybody like to see that. So I think the normal amount of points that, that guys are scoring is a little bit more. So... We'll see. You know, hopefully I can push this bar up high enough Well, it'll be tough for the next guy to pass me. I think it will be. I, I will say this. When we go back and look at your career, you've made three of the most memorable kicks in NFL history. Super Bowl 36, Super Bowl 38, and the 2001 Divisional Playoffs in the Snow. When you close your eyes at night, Adam, is there one kick that stands above the others? Well, it's... I would say for sure on, on sheer difficulty, I would take that. The one that I'm the most proud of is probably the, the divisional playoff game in the snow. The crowd will tell you whether he makes it or not. Set to go. Snap. Ball down. Kick is up. situation that if you stacked everything against yourself that you could potentially do we're down by three it's the last relatively the last play of the game you oh not to mention you got six inches of snow and if you miss this kick the season's over that kind of thing i would say out of out of sheer difficult this i would say that's probably the one that i'm the most proud of but there's nothing like kicking a game-winning super bowl the super bowl and and your team being world champions, I, uh, you know, the first one of those is probably more, it holds a little bit more value to me than the second time that that happened, just because it was the first time that I got to participate in being world champs with my teammates, and the fact that we were such huge underdogs, it just, everything was, that one was just something special that there's nothing that really holds a candle to that one, that's for sure, in my career. Yeah, for the record, I would tell you that that kick that you made in the divisional playoffs against the Oakland Raiders in the snow that catapulted the Patriots to their first Super Bowl title, that was the most incredible kick that I've ever seen in my entire NFL career, Adam. <laughs> it, it, it was unbelievable. What stands out to you about that kick to this day? Well, you know, I think I think the game in itself was, was really a crazy game. I mean, as much as it snowed, just a blizzard game. And we have a team from Oakland that comes in that, that we thought, ah, oh, they're not going to be able to handle this weather. They actually played very, very well. It was a, it was a hard fought game and, and they had the lead in the, you know, in, at halftime, they had the lead going into the fourth quarter. I mean, they, 
played very, very well. And and I just remember it was it was so much snow. It was it was crazy. You couldn't see across the field um, during the game. And and the whole t- my obviously, I mean that game's probably known more for the tuck rule than anything. But you know the way that the, the that it all came panned out, the how everything just kind of came to a head at the end. I just felt like. Um, that was the year of 9-11. We were the Patriots. We, I don't, I don't want to say we were destined, but we did have a team that, that bought into Bill Belichick's game plans and, and, and just said, you know what, we're going to do it for each other. And, and, and I've been on a lot of great teams. I've been on a lot of championship teams, but that team in particular felt like a family, not, not more than the other ones, but that was the first time I really felt like this group of guys totally had each other's back and, and we wanted it more for, for our brothers in the same uniform than we even did for ourselves. So amazing feeling. And, and like I said, I don't think anybody that's won a, a championship, a world championship like that knows what I'm talking about because it's a special group of guys that come together to that, that, that play like that to win a game. If you don't win that game, the New England Patriots, does the dynasty become what it went on to be? We'll never know, will we? No. It's an interesting question. I don't, yeah, I know. You, it's one of those situations. Does, does does Tom Brady keep the job if we lose that game, or does uh, Drew Bledsoe get his starting rollback? Obviously, when, when Brady continues to go through the playoffs and gets the MVP of the Super Bowl, he's, he's the franchise quarterback of the future, you know, and he becomes who Tom Brady is with, Drew Bledsoe's injury earlier in the season. I mean, there's a lot of things that that kind of catapulted our team into becoming who who we were at that point, you know. And you know, I, you know, we all knew when we watched Tom practice that we're like, this kid's good. But I don't. I personally never knew that he was going to be <laughs> argumentatively the best quarterback to ever play football until until it happened. You know what I mean? So. There's a lot of there's a lot of great things that happened in that course of that season that catapulted that particular team into the d- dynasty that everybody knows of today. You, you bring up Tom Brady, and I'm curious. I think by my reckoning, if I'm not mistaken, you've played. This will be your 23rd season, but you've probably only played with four regular starting quarterbacks, correct? Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Andrew Luck. Yeah, yeah. We obviously there's there's one or two years in there where guys got injured that we yeah. had a couple other guys in there. But for the majority of my career, I've been blessed with with Pro Bowl caliber, Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jacoby Brissett last year we know that due to injury, and I'm sure there are others like that. So, what is the biggest difference between Brady and Manning? How do you compare those two? I'm sure you've been asked that before, but it's still always an interesting topic now. You got guys like that. You, you, you throw. You, you, there's there's a handful of other guys that I would put through the history of football that are like ultimate elite guys. And 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 I think those two guys, if you have them on your team, you're almost guaranteed a playoff berth every single year. You're almost guaranteed that that your team is. If you've got some supporting cast around them, chances are you're in the championship games and going on to Super Bowls. I mean. You look at both of those two gentlemen. I don't, you know, I haven't been on the same team as as Brett Favre and some of the other greats. You know, the the, the Marinos and the Montanas and stuff like that. But and I assume that they all bring the same type of caliber or the same type of preparedness and the same type of of all that stuff. But 
those two guys, they were the first ones in the building, the last to leave. They're always studying. And the thing that I love about those two guys, they not only got themselves prepared, but they got everybody else on the team seemed like they were better because they were the quarterbacks. You know, they, they, they not only knew what their job was, but the other 10 guys on offense. And sometimes they could manipulate a defense well enough to uh, make the defense change into what they were hoping them to do and then exploit the heck out of them at that. So, yeah, I, I, you know, there's more similarities between the two than there are differences. That's for sure, because they just they were both so, so talented. And if you had to draft one of them today, one over the other, could you do that, Adam? <laughs> uh, no, I would, I'd flip a coin because either way, heads or tails, you're going to have a franchise quarterback for a decade and a half or two decades that's going to win a lot of games. I, you, you, honestly, whatever one's available, I would be the first person to pick either one of them because they're awesome. We'll be back with more on the Adam Schefter Podcast with Colts kicker Adam Vinatieri after this. But first... I want to tell you about Peter Millar. Recently, I've been receiving all my style tips from the clothing experts at Peter Millar. If you're a golfer like me, you know the name. If you don't, you should because Peter Millar is all about quality, value, and style. It's the most comfortable clothing I've ever worn. Right now, I'm wearing a performance polo. What I love about these Peter Millar polo shirts is they offer so much more comfort and style no matter what I'm doing. They're so easy to take care of out of the dryer and you don't have to put an iron to them. I never have to worry about what to wear on any occasion. Peter Millar is my go-to clothing for vacation, work events, golf course, and even working out. I put it on in the morning and never look out of place. Always have the right look. They're great for the golf course because they even have sun protection built in the shirt. The performance polo I'm wearing is the most comfortable shirt I've worn. I can say that about everything I've worn from Peter Millar. And right now, you can head over to PeterMillar.com slash A-S to check out some of my Peter Millar favorites. Be sure to use my link and you'll receive complimentary shipping and a free hat. That's Peter Millar, M-I-L-L-A-R dot com slash A-S. Peter Millar dot com slash A-S. Now the other quarterback that you play with, Andrew Luck, give me your best read onto whether or not we'll see him on opening day if you had to guess. We'll see him. I, I, I really... I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'm not privy to any inside information right now. He's he's a tough guy. He looks great. He's he's got a great attitude. He's not a guy that looks like that. He feels bad and goes, oh, you know, I don't know. I, he, I got every, I've got a hundred percent confidence that he's going to be back and ready to go. He's going to have a great season. He he looks good. He he he. You know, everything about him right now tells me that he's going to be ready to go. I think, you know, obviously, and again, I'm not a doctor. I, I'm not inside the meetings when they're going on. I don't think that they uh, they just haven't pushed him back. They've had time, and so they've used the time to make sure that he's 100% healthy and ready to go. But he looks really good. I, I would I would guess that he'll be back. You didn't even hesitate when I said, will we see him on opening no. day. You said, we'll see him. Absolutely. Yeah, we will. We will see him. Wow. I, I, I really don't have a doubt. And that means that the Indianapolis Colts, then, I would imagine, would be back to having – a real chance to get to the playoffs with Andrew Luck playing quarterback. Well, I tell you what, our power rankings at 32 just came out, and I laugh at that. But that's okay. <laughs> that, that doesn't; those rankings don't mean anything. That just means there's a bunch of you guys that think you know that are probably quite a bit wrong on this one. But that's okay. I have we have no animosity about that. We'll just we'll just prove people that uh, we're better than they think we are. Adam, let me say this to you: that power rankings mean as much as mock drafts. 
They are seldom <laughs> right. I hear you. But they are fun to you. look at and fun to debate, and that's what they are. Nothing more than that. Don't get too worked up over that. We've been first before. I've been on teams that have been first before, and I've been on teams that have been 32 before. I think the last time we were 32 was Andrew's first year, and if I remember right, we made the playoffs that year too. So mm. I, I, you're right. I don't think too much, and that's why I'm joking around about it. It, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, you know, we – it's you know there's always teams that go from worst to first every year there's teams that ah well there you go the first year we we won in new england we were four and 12 i believe and we win the super bowl the next year so i'm not too terribly uh distraught about our previous record or what anybody thinks of us right now another issue for the season is the way that the kickoffs have been changed how do the potential changes to the kickoff alter the game of football as we know it well, it, it will definitely be interesting this year for sure, and, and I'm kind of curious to see how it, it transforms the kicking game as well. I mean, obviously the rules where no running starts at the kickoff, you have to be, you know, the, the it has to be a five by five lineup, and they have to be with one yard of the of the of the kicker when he kicks the ball. Eight of the eleven guys on on the receiving team have to be, you know, basically in front of the forty yard line. Let's say. So there's only three guys back. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to make it safer for everybody. They're they're trying to alleviate the two-man wedges and the big collisions running down the field. It almost feels more like a punt return in the fact that everybody's close to the line and everybody's running down. And when you do that, you're running down together. There's not usually big hits. It's, it's just kind of positional blocks that push guys out of the way. It's usually not the huge collisions. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, it'll be interesting to see if teams can kick a ball really high and, and drop it down at the goal line to try to pin teams back. Or if they just go, you know what, I'm, I'm, we're going to kick her deep and, and, and let them take it from the 25, you know, obviously statistically, if a, if a team is drive start is inside the 20, they score X amount of times. And if it's outside the 25, it, it goes up, you know, substantially more scoring and all that. So, you know, there's, there's, there's number of guys on every team. They're going to try to figure that out. But I think it really is going to depend on the personnel and, and who you have on your team as far as do you have a kicker that can do that? Do you have a returner that feels comfortable doing certain things? And, and it really, you know, I, I think they're going to, there's going to be some special teams coordinators that are going to try to exploit certain things in, in that going, hey, you know, if I can figure this part out, it will give our team a, a distinctive advantage. Hmm. Do you think the day is going to come where the league is going to abolish the kickoff? It's not going to be a part of the game any longer? You know, I hope not. I really I really do. You know, I mean, I'm all for rules changing to make football safer. I understand that. I want everybody to be healthy and play as long as possible. But I'm still a traditionalist, too. I, I think you get rid of the kicking game. You know, if, that's the, if that leaves, what's the next thing that they try to do? I know at one point they tried to get rid of – field goals and all that stuff and, and smarter minds said, no way, we're not doing that. But I do think that there's there's certain aspects of football that have been around since the beginning of football. I'd hate to see it go. Personally, that's just that's me. I would hate to see that all go. But, um, you know, after 58 points, maybe they need to get rid of all kicking it completely. <laughs> <laughs> and then they lock up the record for sure. Put That's it away. right. Then no more kicking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that, that'd be pretty good. Well, I, I do have to ask you that this upcoming year, you're now 45 years old. I don't mean to advertise mm-hmm. your age or anything, but it is a lot to be right. proud of at this point in time. The last player in the NFL 
to appear in a game at the age of 45 was John Carney back in 2010 for the Saints when he was 46. So the end is probably closer, your year to year. Have you given much thought to what you might do post-football whenever that may come, Adam? Well, do you need an assistant? You want to be my assistant? Yeah, we would be Adam Squared, Adam Bomb, up in Adams. figure it all out. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, you know, I don't know. I, I do love football. I love it. It's been such a huge part of my life for all these years. I don't want to walk away and, and, and walk away. You know, I, I want it to be a part of my life in, in some facet moving forward for sure. Um, if that's doing radio or TV or, or just being, uh, I, I don't think I want to get into coaching necessarily because I've seen how many hours that those guys put in and, and I would like to have a little bit more free time to spend with my family versus putting in 100-hour work weeks uh, doing what they do. So maybe back down off of that a little bit. But, hey, I did just buy a brand-new ranch out in Missouri, and, uh, and, and we're having a bunch of people come out and hunting. So I might be guiding hunters out there a little bit on, on during the fall, too. Recordbreakingranch.com, just so everybody knows. I had to pub myself, I guess, so – who knows? Maybe I'll be uh, maybe I'll be out there doing some uh, some guiding deer hunting. Who knows? What made you buy the ranch in Missouri? Um, it it was a beautiful piece of land that had a great big beautiful lodge on it. Just fell into my lap, kind of. I've been looking around for about five years, thinking post football, I'd love to. Have, well, that's just it. I'm you know I'm an outdoor kind of guy. I've mm-hmm. I've hunted and fished and traveled and did all that my whole life. I enjoy doing that with my, my siblings and my dad and my kids and all that stuff. And I thought, you know what, this is something that I would like to do for my family moving forward. I, some of the some of my most fondest non-football memories are spending time with my grandfather and my uncles and my dad and brothers and all that stuff. And and I just thought, man, this, football has blessed me in so many ways that, that it would be awesome to be able to have a place like this where we can continue to – have memories and and bring my boys and my daughter as well everybody into you know into have the same type of memories that i did growing up as a kid you've got two sons aj and gabriel you got a daughter allison so are you moving the family when you're done with football to missouri or are you staying in indianapolis and we'll go to missouri you know, on the side well we're gonna we're gonna probably stay in indy for for the first few years at least my my son will be a high schooler next year and my daughter's only a year behind so I think that they would probably have a major tantrum if I ended up moving the family until they got through high school. But we'll we'll see. I, I don't have plans. I'm you know I I've got ideas, but nothing set in stone yet. I do love Indiana and Hoosier hospitality is a real thing. I I really I really like it here, and it's not that far away. It's a it's about a five hour drive. I could I could I could do that at any given time. Maybe maybe get a pilot's license someday. Who knows? <laughs> That's like Jason Elam. That's right. Yeah. No, I wish. Well, he's got a nice piece of ground in in Alaska. He does all the fishing. He's invited me a long time ago. But Jason, if you're listening to this, I'm calling in that favor pretty soon. Yeah, I covered Jason Elam back in Denver for basically a long period of time. He had the perfect disposition for a kicker. You also have a very similar disposition. Like nothing seemed to ever bother him. Whether he made a really good kick or missed a really important kick, he always acted the exact same. That seems to be yeah. a trait that runs in great kickers. Am I wrong about that? I think you have to have a short you have to have a short memory no matter if it's good or bad you know you you can't live on hey I made these kicks last week or last month or last year or whatever and it's going to happen again you have to forget about it and and I think moving forward if something bad happens it's it's equally the same thing I think 
to stay on a nice even keel and and not get too high or too low on on good and bad situations kind of keeps you grounded and and uh, I remember Matt Barr saying at one point probably my rookie year he said you're never as good as they say you are and you're never as yeah. bad as they say you are and I think if you if that is if anything's held true or is stuck in my mind I think that's probably stayed in my mind all these years of just just stay stay on the on the on the norm and just keep working your butt off and and things usually work out if you put the time and effort in. You brought up going into TV or radio. Is there any chance you're going to follow along the same path as Pat McAfee? <laughs> He's much funnier than I am. No, I, I'm probably not going to be doing a whole lot of stand up stuff. But uh, if he wants me to come come and uh, do a couple of things with him, he's just a little bit beyond the PG version sometimes. So I got to watch my mouth. I'll, every time he invites me onto his show or doing something, I'm like, hey, just keep in mind that I've got a lot of bosses: my wife, the uh, head coach, the special teams, the owner, the commissioner. Uh, you know, don't get me in trouble. So. He says things, I don't comment, people laugh and think it's funny because I don't comment, so we just keep it rolling. Well, I hope I did not get you in trouble today, Adam. (laughs) No, you didn't. You're good. And I really appreciate taking some time. I congratulate you in advance. I know we're not going to talk about the 58 points you need to become the all-time leading scorer, but we can talk about the 22 seasons that you've put in and all the great success you've had, and I congratulate you on that. It is a job well done. And I look forward to the day that you are inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, your rightful place there in Canton, Ohio. Well, thank you, sir. I really appreciate it, and uh, uh, thanks for having me on today. The sound you heard earlier in the Adam Schefter podcast came courtesy of the Patriots Radio Network. Thanks to Adam Vinatieri for joining us on this week's edition of the Adam Schefter podcast. We'll be back with more next week, and thank you all for listening. We'll see you back here next week.